0: This podcast is supported by Red Energy. Powered by the mighty Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy, Red is 100% Australian-owned and local. Phone 131 806. Welcome to Tuesday with Ash Pollard. Thanks to Red Energy, 100% Australian electricity and gas. That's Red Energy. In this series, I'll be chewing the fat with my famous friends and a few foodies so we can learn more about them as human beings through their love of food. My guest today is Emma Hawkins. I've known Em for four to five odd years and quite frankly, I can't even remember how we met. But since then it's been a lovely little friendship which has seen us go from youthful foxy Cleopatras to mothers accomplished businesswomen and wizards in the kitchen although M still might have some work to do in the baking department. I wanted to talk to you about unicorn cakes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Famous yeah. Emma Hawkins and her baking prowess, amazing businesswoman, entrepreneur Fabulous mum, wife of footballer Tom Hawkins and uh, queen in the kitchen when it comes to baking. Let's chat this unicorn cake now that you did bake for your daughter, Arabella. How old was she?
1: That was for her third birthday. That was actually, um, Ash, that was actually a step up from the year before, which was the Peppa Pig hotel cake, (laughs) um, which looked like Peppa Pig had been murdered and (laughs) with two... Rests on
0: her because I put the
1: candle <laughs> in the wrong
0: position. I mean, you're happy to admit that you're not fabulous at baking, but you're not all you're not all that bad at cooking.
1: Yeah. So I don't understand the logic behind this because I can cook mean scones. So that's baking, right? Yeah. But every anything else, it's terrible with baking. I don't know if it's because I don't have the patience, and I I don't love measuring things. Um, But with cooking, I prefer you can be a little bit more flexible. I guess I I prefer the hosting side of the cooking as well, where I guess cake's a bit like that. But I I don't know why I'm so bad at baking.
0: Well, you're probably not. It's probably just that you lack patience, I think. And that's a huge part of it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, baking is a science, but scones, for instance, I mean, they can be tough, but you know, sometimes easy, and they don't have that many ingredients. And yeah, the beauty of a scone is that they don't have to look like anything, really. Yes, that's actually you've nailed that, haven't you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like even a bad-looking scone looks good because they're scones, and you team it with the jam and the cream, mm. and you know, it's it's easy to make it look good. Scones you want really, it to and look yep, you're right. Not a huge amount of ingredients in there. <laughs>
0: So rewind a few years ago, I don't know if you remember this, you and I did a little bit of cooking together in a kitchen once and that was oh, for, a, for a little mini-series that I did for um, Yahoo 7. And uh, do you remember what we cooked? No, but I remember you taught me how to chop a garlic
1: um, really well and I've used that ever since to smash the garlic while it still has the skin on it. And then the skin's easier to take off and it's easier to chop. So I I don't remember. Oh, we cooked pasta, but I just, I really remember the garlic lesson.
0: (laughs) And wearing sunglasses while I chop my onions. Yeah, of course, of course. Do you know something else that I learned not that long ago? A cob of corn. Have you ever tried to chop a cob of corn in half? Yeah, I do that for the kids. Well, chop it, but then next time just pick it up with your bare hands and snap it in half and see how easy that is. Oh my it goodness. makes no sense. Oh, that sounds amazing. Trust me, it's literally, I, it's it, you, you can't explain it. Do you know someone taught me to cut the mango like
1: you usually would, and then get a big wine glass and put the, the mango, put the rim of the mango in the skin. Uh, this will be hard to explain. Over the rim glass, and then you you scoop it out basically, and it's that was a game changer for me with mangoes. You give the mango a rim job.
0: Right. Yep. Is that a bit too X-rated? Sure. Um, So you've got two girls. You're currently in isolation once again because we are doing ISO 2.0 here in Melbourne. Um, And you live on a property in Geelong and you are Mm -hmm. without husband because he's had to go away for the AFL football. Um, Yeah, basically for the Future, yeah. So initially it was six weeks, and now it's goodness oh, knows. No, initially, it was three weeks, then four weeks, then five weeks, and oh. now it's three months. Oh, truly, we,
1: we might try and, and get up there somehow. I think there's the AFL organizing shuttles, I think we're calling them, uh, of different types of hubs where we can get up and, and quarantine for two weeks, and then we can see the boys. I'll try to do that. I've just obviously, I've got. Uh, I'm launching a clothing line with Series Life and has, have my own clothing line and a few other things in the pipeline for August. So, anyway, that's that's boring stuff for everyone to hear. We don't need
0: to talk about the logistics of my life. Oh, the logistics of getting up to the footy is, um, yeah, maybe not that interesting, but it's no. like, the situation <laughs> that you find yourself in, though, like it's unique. It's really unique. Totally. because. You don't really think about if you've got a partner, you don't think, oh, yeah, my partner's just going away for work, but you legitimately, legally can't just travel and go and see him whenever you want. He can't come back here either. Like, that's hard. And then you've got your two girls as well. I think
1: it's such a unique position and I can't even imagine the people that are in worse positions as well and i think but sometimes we need to cut ourselves a bit of slack at the moment because i think we all get scared of saying something without prefacing oh but it could be worse or other people have it worse it's still you know out like every person's individual reality is, is there like is relative to to them totally. like you, you're pregnant and i can imagine all you want is your mum around at the moment to help um and to you know go go to a doctor's appointment with you there's no matter how small or big anyone's challenges are at the moment, they're all challenges. Um, we didn't have any real lead time for Tom going, so that's what kind of threw me, I think. And we're a real team at home. Like I'm a working mum and he's a working dad and we've just got it down packed at home. And since he's gone, I am terrible. <laughs> like I'm just, I don't want to admit this publicly, but shit, he does a lot at home.
0: <laughs> I have to say... Obviously, Instagram is a complete and utter lie because you look like you've got your shit together.
1: No, no, not at all. Like, I'm just...
0: It's just survival of the fittest at home at the moment. Are you currently hiding away in the butler's pantry with the kids wreaking havoc? I'm walking around the house trying to sort Belle's out of the house at the moment. She's the she's the trouble one, not the trouble
1: one. I don't want to label her, but shit, she's hard work at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and Mimi, the one year old, she's easy. She's having a nap, so hopefully she'll stay quiet for this
0: podcast. Arabella and Primrose, beautiful names, very old school. Where did they come from?
1: Uh, Arabella, I read, I, I saw that name for the first time. I was reading a Jackie Kennedy um book and her it's actually a really sad sad story. Her fir- firstborn was a stillborn and she called her Arabella. And I remember reading that when I was 14 or 15 and I just always loved that name. And Primrose was actually my sister loved the name Primrose. And I asked her if she wasn't having any, if she was sure she wasn't having any more children. So she said she wasn't so I kind of stole that off. My sister. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to get first
0: in best dress, don't you?
1: Yeah, well, she did assure me she was only ever having one. So I, I, um, I just, I loved that name. Tom didn't love it at the start. It took him a bit of convincing. Um, it's unique. I like very much. What have you done with baby names?
0: Well, I don't divulge any of my baby names, but like yours, I'm very old English. Um, yes, I can imagine you are. But but old English, in a sense that you wouldn't really hear them now, or maybe they would never catch on either. Yes, love that. Yeah. Mm. Well, I hope because I don't want my unique name to then become a common name. For the know, masses. As
1: soon as I announced like Primrose, everyone started saying, Oh, Primrose in the Hunger Games. And I'm like, What? What? I didn't know that was Primrose in the Hunger Games. And fast forward a year later, like, we're basically in the Hunger Games. Yeah. I'm trying to get to District 7 to see my husband. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh Oh, that's so good oh you're listening to Tuesday with Ash Pollard thanks to Red Energy 100% Australian electricity and gas that's Red Energy so okay you grew up in Denny in New South Wales yes so you're a country girl at heart what was what was our family food culture like for you was your mum a bit of a, a beast in the kitchen Not in a traditional farmer's wife sense. Um, Like Tom's mum, for example, he was a
1: country boy too, and because they were from a really big working farm, the men, you know, they'd go out in the mornings, and it was lasagna and salads and salmon for lunch, like big meals every day for lunch. Um, My mum was a really good cook, Uh, but we, which God, I don't want to throw under the bus. We might do things a little bit differently (laughs) now. Household mum would. Make a basic meal for the four kids, and we'd sit down and eat our veggies and meat. And then Mum would cook another dinner for her and Dad to sit down at eight p.m. after the kids oh had gone to gosh. school. Oh my gosh! Like that was—I couldn't even fathom doing that. I mean, we—we kind, we, Tom and I already kind of eat at six o'clock with the kids, or have something on the couch after we put them to bed. So Mum would kind of focus a bit more on her meal with Dad, and they would have a real sit-down meal while we were all in bed. Mum's um, great with salads and I think I've started, I'm really enjoying, love making my own salads.
0: That's interesting. I'm not fabulous at salads. I feel like my repertoire for a salad is very, very limited. Interesting. Mm. And, the, and the dressings too, like give me a good dressing that's not your traditional balsamic and olive oil yeah. and, you know, what, like what are we talking I'm doing one at the moment with it's basic,
1: but it's garlic, um, lemon, salt, and Greek yogurt. Yum. What else have I put in it? Is there a bit of vinegar in there? It's good. Then you just drizzle it over just lettuce nice lettuce leaves if you want. And then it's just nice and you know, I like zangy. Like tangy, zangy, tangy
0: zangy. Zangy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I like zangy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just coin that one, shall we? (laughs) Try this one. I did this one the other day and I have to really go out of my way to look um, these dressings up. But I did um, anchovy, garlic, red wine, vinegar, olive oil, think that's all I did. And then I whizzed it up and it was delicious. Just don't Come go OTT with the uh, anchovy because then that's a bit offensive.
1: I don't love anchovies, so I'm just probably going along with you on this. I don't oh. know if I'll make it. <laughs> 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 like you either on. like anchovies or you don't. Do you ever use them to salt a dish? No, maybe I just, you know what? I think anchovies was one of those foods when you were young that you just decided you didn't like and now I have not given it a go.
0: Is it? Does it sort of remind you of that poxy fish paste that everybody used to eat at school when we were young?
1: You of having a nice Caesar, chicken Caesar salad, oh. and then they put crap, fishy, random things all through it, and then even once you pick them out, you can't get rid of the taste. <laughs> it is an
0: acquired taste, isn't it? <laughs> Apart from anchovies, what are some of your favourite um, foods that you ate when you were a kid?
1: Oh, when I was a kid, just you know, I was pretty basic country a girl. Put some meat on
0: my plate, and I'd be pretty happy. So you weren't you weren't a fuss pot?
1: No, not too bad. My brother was a huge fuss pot. I wasn't too bad. We were always made to eat everything. I probably became a little bit fussy when I, I went away to school, and we weren't made to eat anything. It was basic, basic food at school. Um, when
0: you say at school, you meant
1: boarding school. Boarding, boarding school. So from. 12 or 13, I had basic
0: food so up until 18. Are we talking prison food kind of vibes or did they have a oh, nice probably selection?
1: Than probably better than that. It was during a time where, you know, health started being a bit on their minds. So instead of cheese and gurkhas on, on a salada, it was <laughs> <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner.
0: <laughs> Jeez, that sounds nice though. We're not like, what about like a Rogan Josh or something like that? It was well, just because it was
1: mass food. It was, you know, lasagnas and stir fries and stuff. It was mass. But being from the country, I didn't go out to a lot of restaurants when I was young either. Um, you know, it was really a treat was going to the pub on the weekend. So it wasn't until I started working at Gourmet Traveller. So I went to uni and then got a job in sales and, and advertising at Gourmet Traveller that my eyes were really opened up to the world of food and cuisine and the industry and the business side of things, but the the food as well and, and the options that we have in Melbourne and Sydney and Brisbane, like everywhere, that really was a huge educational process
0: for me. I didn't know about that. I didn't know you worked for Gourmet Travel. That's really interesting because I'm what? obsessed. That must have been so fab. It was amazing. And
1: Anthea Lucas was the editor when I was there and, and she's still somewhat of a mentor for me who I keep in touch with and, it was, um, it was fantastic. The restaurants we would go to and just everything I, I learned about the industry, just from an advertising point of view as well, like a lot of my clients were De Bordley Wines, Moro Olive Oil, like a lot of food and, and FMCG clients, like supermarket clients. So I got to, I had, you know, learn a lot at, at the age of 22 on, that, on the food side of things. I just, the only thing was I knew how to eat well I didn't have the budget for it and I couldn't cook it myself either. So <laughs> <laughs> it was banging steps along the way.
0: <laughs> oh God, story of our lives.
1: Yeah. Did you
0: did you when you were working for Gourmet Traveller, um were you often sort of given free meals or or sent away to try new restaurants all the time? So because I
1: I think editorial definitely would have I was in the advertising and marketing, so a lot of it for me was Wining and dining clients. One of my clients was San Pellegrino. So each month they had the San Pellegrino reader dinner, which I headed up, and we would go to the newest restaurant each month uh, around Australia and host reader dinners. Which was that was wow, my favourite. I loved that.
0: What was the most memorable thing working for Gourmet Traveller?
1: I learned a lot. My manager, my first manager, was. I was a real confident kid out of uni and needed to eat some humble pie. And boy, did she give me some. She gave me a whole lot of it. Um, in a really good way, looking back, I, I was only there for three years, I think. Not only, that's quite a lot of time up. Um, but I learned a lot from her that I still, you know, take on to this day and, and having connections in the in- industry. And then also I, I got along so well with Anthea Lucas and I just think she's a phenomenal and formidable and very innovative woman. Um, so I, I still enjoy and appreciate being connected to her and, and still keeping in touch with her to this day.
0: Any famous chefs that you may have met along the way? I feel like I met them all at some point,
1: but, you know, you wouldn't have. I was, you know, there you, with the clipboard or yeah, the back. Yeah, you wouldn't kind care of, either. That's not the
0: type of celebrity yeah, that you'd yeah, be I, falling I, I, all I over. Learnt
1: enough, I've learnt enough to know to not say anything about them, that's for sure. <laughs> Oh
0: god! <laughs> I met Massimo Bottura once, and do you know who that is? No. Oh, well, Who's forget that? it. Don't worry about it. It's oh. Not going to mean <laughs> anything. <laughs> I'll Google him after. He's just so famous. He's so famous. Oh. An amazing Italian chef, and I nearly—I was invited to um, the world's top fifty uh, restaurants. Um, the unveiling of, and that was here in Melbourne. God knows how I got an invite, let me tell you, because... Don't worry about it. Just go to it. Well, I Accept did it. go to it because I wasn't even allowed a plus one. That's just how brutal it was and how much I didn't mean anything to anybody, and I could not believe the people that I was walking past. Just, I mean, it, like it was Celebrityville for chefs, but people, wow. people wouldn't even bat an eyelid. Like you know, if any Joe Blow sort of walked in there, no one would care. I swear, Anthony Bourdain was there too. Like that was I cool.
1: Every, um, every industry has that. I yeah. mean, if, with celebrity culture, for me, I could meet a celebrity and be pretty cool about it. I reckon if I met a Real Housewife of New York. <laughs> I will remove my shit I looked at getting bravo like flying to New York for Bravo con that's like comic nerds have those festivals like this is a housewives reality show like I honestly was going to go if I if my child was a bit older and I Could justify leaving her
0: at home. I I don't understand (laughs) this. Justify leaving an eight month year old at home to go follow housewives around America. (laughs) I don't understand your obsession with it. Like, you are obsessed. They are so off
1: the charts crazy. It makes you feel good about yourself. (laughs) So at the end of the Haven't you watched Australian (laughs) reality television? (laughs) I don't even watch the Aussie Real Housewives. I, I don't watch any reality TV apart from. The housewives. I might get into maybe Farmers once a Wife. I probably won't. I'm just, I like my routine, put the kids to bed, and then I watch a trashy housewife episode and then I fall asleep. That's the <laughs> end. The That's end. my life.
0: <laughs> so what have you cooked yourself for dinner then? You've fed the kids, you've cooked yourself dinner, and you're about to sit down to the housewives.
1: Babe, I'm struggling at the moment with the cooking. Like I'm just... I'm cooking stuff that I know the kids will get through so we don't have a World War III when Arabella sees something she doesn't want to eat and then that just is going to throw off the bath time and the bedtime routine. But if I am cooking for myself and not eating the kids' food, I treat myself and buy a very good sirloin steak from our local butcher Mm. and I make a very nice vinaigrette uh, dressing and green salad or a couscous salad to go with it.
0: Nice. Yeah, so just you're, just, you're just simple then, aren't you? Just like meat, three veg, meat or salad. Yeah, unless I'm hosting. Like if I'm doing a dinner party,
1: I love to get creative and put time and effort into it. I enjoy the process of cooking when I have time, where at the moment I just two kids on my own don't have a lot of it.
0: So I, I saw the other day you posted um, a home delivery meal service, Smith & Co. Is that what's happening yeah. at the moment because Tom's not around?
1: Yeah, I'm doing a bit of um, deliveries and then I'm cooking, yeah, three or four nights a week um, because I do enjoy cooking. But it's usually for Tom and I, and he enjoys cooking as well. So in our household, we kind of tag team who wants to do. So we'll feed the kids and unless it's a meal that we really want to eat with the kids, Tom will go off and do bath time, get the kids kind of in their pyjamas while I've got 40 minutes in the kitchen to cook and then we both put them to bed and then we sit for our meal or I'll do bath and he'll cook. We just have our little groove going.
0: Quite like that. Very good um, team effort there. Just yeah. on the home delivery um, scenario, I have just put together a baby registry and it's not something that I was going to do, you know, like a bridal registry but for baby shower but I put it together because I can't have a baby shower because of COVID and isolation, etc. And family members are now starting to ask me, what do you want? And I've bought everything myself thus far. We pretty much don't really need anything. So I've put yeah. together a, a list. And on the list are things like vouchers for a cleaning lady, vouchers that for laundry service, a boob job, Uh, It is actually on there, but it is a joke. So, you know, no one's going to give me 10 grand for a boob job. But I I did put on their um, home delivery meal service, just, you know, a local one, nothing gross. Like it's actually yummy. It's yummy stuff. That's a good
1: idea because you
0: will not need any more
1: swaddles or bunnies or. Yes. God, that is genius and so clever about the cleaning um, voucher as well. Because you will want—I'm hoping for your sake—these restrictions are lifted. You want your mom, like, and no one else. And I can relate to it even at the moment. I don't obviously have a newborn, but at the moment in Geelong, I don't have any family here. And whilst I have the most amazing friends and support, no, no one and nothing compares to that family support. We. You know, your family can come over and you can tell them to F off and you can (laughs) not get out of your dressing gown and you can do all of that stuff. So for you to put those measures in place, that is going to take away so much of that new... New mum anxiety as well that you know that you'll feel at some point. That's really really clever.
0: I'm glad you're saying that. because It's making me feel a lot better about myself because it was quite controversial when I put it together. A few what? people called me out you know for the being
1: a bit controversial.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well. A few people called me out for being greedy. Some people have called um, specific items out on the list too expensive, yeah. and I think to myself. Oh, you can't win, you know, you just can't win. Yeah. You're just trying to do what's what you think is right for you and how it's going to be easy for you, as in yeah. me. People are
1: so critical and sensitive at the moment. It must be to do with lockdown and COVID, but everyone, you cannot win or do anything right at the moment. Uh, everyone's got more time on their hands, it seems, apart from the mums or pregnant people or, you know, you working that to seem to be able to have the time to criticise people. <laughs> but you know, I think that is such a good idea. I mean, I always, even, um, yeah, if they don't have a gift registry, um, I buy food for new mums or I buy them a voucher to a restaurant and say when the kid's older or when you're ready, you go to this restaurant with your husband or
0: your partner and have a night out together because you just know how many swaddles and and books and I know everybody means well, but at the very same time I don't want people to waste their money. I don't want people to be buying those neckerchiefs with prints on them. That you know, I don't do prints, so don't you know? Don't waste your money.
1: And I just think for you to not have your family, like you want to have a, oh, you want to have like a cleaner and someone to come in and just take that extra pressure away from you. Mm. Really clever.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, speaking of things that uh, I wanted and have bought for myself pre baby um you have a clothing line homegrown kids which i've mm-hmm. which i really have um i've got about 10 tabs opened up on my laptop Of, uh, i'll
1: have to get you something for um for the baby's congratulations and no shame in my Gifting game you can have something <laughs> from like my business where I get wholesale obviously <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks but you know you've you've done something amazing and it's absolutely I mean I feel like it's gone off like a frog in a sock because everybody every man and his dog is frothing over your kids range at the moment it's beautiful congratulations how thanks, when did you come up with the idea um did it sort of happen quickly or has it sort of been a little project of yours
1: a um, bit of both. After I had Arabella, I I loved old school clothes and, you know, the traditional Liberty prints and the college. I just loved kids looking like kids mm. and babies looking like babies and not having, wearing crop tops with glitter on it the whole time. Um, and I just, I knew that there was, I'm sure you can relate in a way, when you've got a, a, a following, which I know sounds, you know, silly in its sense on Instagram when people say that, but you you have an idea of your target audience in the market and what's selling and what's doing well because you work for so many other clients. And I knew I had a, a really good following of mums and I just thought I need to use what's an asset of mine for myself and mm. grow something long-term because um, this platform, Instagram and social media, Will, can be taken away from anyone at any stage. So I wanted to grow something with substance that I could be proud of. and um, having a a clothing line just jumped at me because I thought there's no one in Australia is kind of just doing kids' clothes for kids that look that not not branded, not glittery. And if they did, they weren't using Australian fibres. or I'm not saying not every, there are amazing brands that do, but for me, that's just such a passion of mine. To um support our Aussie farmers, so so yeah, that's apart,
0: all apart from the fact that, that that your business is Australian and that um you know essentially it's I mean it's called homegrown kids. What what differentiates your business, your clothing brand, from other clothing brands in Australia? You said natural fibres, right there. What what else?
1: So I think always using Australian fibres is here's the baby. always using Australian fibres and making clothes that are not only comfortable for the kids, but that are easy for the parents as well. I mean, we're promoting whack a cardigan on over the onesie that it slept in. It's all good and the cardigan will go with the onesie and it'll still look like you've made an effort with the baby that morning. So it's just, you know, getting that fine line of making it easy for mum, making it comfortable for baby and making sure it still looks Really cute too.
0: I love this. I love it. And I'm so excited. Like I said, I've got so many tabs open ready and waiting to push the go button when I need to because obviously I don't know the sex, but congratulations. I love the brand. I will be a number one client when I am able to.
1: Thanks, Ash. I'm so excited for you. Oh, I'm thanks. so excited for you.
0: All right. Well, I'll let you go, Em. I don't want to keep you, thanks, but buddy. thank you so much and and thanks I'm for you after all of this and well done on the podcast too. This is really exciting. Oh, thank you. Thanks for letting us into your life and uh, although you are locked down at the moment. going to be a great time. <laughs> Good luck with everything. Get thanks, as many home gosh. delivery meals as possible.
1: <laughs>
0: thanks, Ash. <laughs> you too. See you, babe. Supermum Emma Hawkins navigating business, kids and catering. Check out Em's superb kids range online. You can find it at homegrownkids.com.au or chuck her a follow on Insta at EmmaHawkins underscore. And that's it for this season of Tuesday with moi, Ash Pollard, all thanks to Red Energy. Now is the time to switch to a 100% Australian electricity and gas retailer. Call 131 806. Hope to see you next time. If you enjoyed Tuesday with Ash Pollard, then check out the other podcasts in the Red Energy Lifestyle Series. For all things parenting, enjoy Mum Plus One with Joe Stanley. I have to admit, at the height of coronavirus lockdown, I gave up on all screen time restrictions. 100% Australian electricity and gas. That's Red Energy. Thanks for listening to Tuesday with Ash Pollard, part of the Red Energy Podcast Lifestyle Series, available on your favourite podcast platform and the SEN app.